Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. And this is the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. And Mark, on today's show, we recap everything from Madison Square Garden, the mecca of professional wrestling, Raw returns after 10 years. We talk all about that show. Plus, we have two amazing guests on today's Special show. guests, and not just any kind of special guest, but one of these men is on the Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling. And that would be Ric Flair. Ric Flair, the greatest of all time, joins Mark and I to talk about his career, to talk about Madison Square Garden, and to talk about how he's doing, probably the healthy he's been, as he says, in 10 years. And then we talk to Cedric Alexander. One of the more enlightening interviews that we've had, and it showed the personality and the man behind the character. So looking forward to having Cedric Alexander. Plus, he talks about his night at Madison Square Garden on Monday Night Raw. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. The garden is still the place to be. You know I retired and I said I never wanted to wrestle again, that if anybody hits me, I'm calling the police. I walked to the garden yesterday and as I got close, I wanted to wrestle again. Wow. I'm, I'm not joking. Like it made my heart flutter to walk into the building and think about all of the matches that I had there. And I don't get very sentimental about stuff. Not that I'm some, you know, super tough guy stuff. I'm actually pretty emotional. And that's how I felt getting in the elevator, going up to the floor, to the exhibit floor. I walked in and I was just like, I want to work. Wow. It, it made me want to perform. And... Everybody that I talked to, same sentiment. And I started talking to Steve Austin, and Steve was like, "Dang it, man! I didn't expect, I didn't expect to get goosebumps walking in this place." And I said, "I did too." It made me want to work, and he was like, "Well, you want to take my place?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to. I ain't say that I was going to." Well, I think what we saw last night. And thanks for sharing that, Mark, because you as a performer who's retired and has said on many occasions on the air that you're done to walk to a place like Madison Square Garden, that special venue, and get goosebumps like you did and get the flutters in your stomach and want to work, that's very, very telling because we have done a lot of shows leading up to last night about 
that venue? Is it still special? Do people still regard it as the mecca of pro wrestling? Is it still the flagship home of the WWE? I got to be honest with you, Mark. I think a lot of our questions were answered last night. And I know for a fan, and I wasn't in attendance. I was watching it on TV. And I got goosebumps when they did that widescreen shot of Madison Square Garden when they opened up that show. And they did such a great job of showing the crowd, showing the ring, and showing that ceiling that's so iconic. I got goosebumps as a fan because it brought me back to my childhood memories like we talked about yesterday. And I think without a doubt, you knew watching that show last night, which, by the way, was sold out. Mm Mm-hmm. Watching that show last night, how could you not think that Madison Square Garden is special to the company, to the performers, and to the fans? Dave, this is going to blow your mind. Gabs, Alex, take a good look at me. They took all of the pictures off the walls in the garden last night and put WWE pictures up. Every hallway. You walk in, WWE pictures, iconic photos, and and you know to you know yeah you, know, you know I don't like patting myself on the back you know you know I don't you know I don't <laughs> like doing that but you know there was a couple of Mark Henry pictures on the wall I was kind of gassed up I felt real but I thought that it was so classy that you walk in and every single photo on the wall was a WWE historic picture. Like, that's what the garden is. They're excellence. They they want to make you feel at home. When you come in that building, they're like, it's your building now. And you could tell by the way people worked last night, especially the women. The women have not always had the opportunity to come into the garden and to rise and shine and they took advantage of it last night because they, I, I don't know if there was nothing on the show that Steve Austin wasn't involved in that took precedence over the women. And you, you, you watch the tag match and you see the Viking Raiders and you see people taking risks. A big 300-pound guy jumping off the top rope to the floor, that's only in the garden. The garden has an effect on the talent that that goes in there. And you look at the the programming over the last few years, you don't you don't you don't see that except in pay-per-views. But the garden is like going into a pay-per-view. And, and you felt and you it. Saw, you felt that last Yeah, night. you felt it in the crowd. Uh you're right, you can feel it in the performances. And listen, the WWE has played Madison Square Garden multiple times in the last 10 years, but to not have a Monday Night Raw, and then you add Stone Cold Steve Austin on top of that, Mark, Stone Cold to start the show, Stone Cold to end the show. We talked about at length his appearance at the Raw reunion not too long ago and how special that was, but it kind of missed the mark about getting some of the talent over And Bully was very, very critical of that. And I completely understand missed opportunities, especially at the end when he didn't get the current roster over. I think they righted a lot of wrongs from the Raw reunion. Stone Cold, especially in that opening segment by sharing that ring with Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins. And, you know, we could get into their performances last night. But somebody I thought 
didn't upstage Stone Cold Steve Austin because nobody can upstage Stone Cold Steve Austin. But somebody who definitely gave it a valiant try to start off that show last night was AJ Styles. AJ Styles, excused upon, was phenomenal in that opening segment last night. He was. And AJ was one of the guys that you could tell he was having fun, too. He was smiling, and Steve Austin was cracking up laughing because he could see that AJ was actually enjoying himself. And it's hard not to stare somebody in the face, and you see him laughing and smiling, and you not do it, too. Yeah. It, that the, the fans could see that. They could see that the people in the ring were enjoying themselves. And, and when you pay the money that they paid to go into that arena, um, don't you want to get your money's worth? Don't you want to leave happy and have a good time? And that that's that's what was had last night. It was a good time. And there was, if you go to WWE.com, there's a WWE exclusive footage of what took place after the show was over last night. <laughs> yeah. And AJ Styles made a return. And AJ Styles was going back and forth with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And you could see, like you said, the fun that they were having. And now AJ Styles was holding his own with somebody like Stone Cold Steve Austin. And that's what needs to be done. And you know what, really, how it showed me how AJ has gotten so much better on the microphone and now how he can step up to somebody like a Stone Cold. And we talk about it a lot here on Busted Open, those what chants, and how it could really shoot somebody down, distract somebody while on the microphone. AJ did a great job of playing off those what chants Using last it. night. And and perfect word using it last night he knew that they were going to do it and it is it's like a preemptive strike rather than allowing somebody else to surprise you with something you expect it and you use it okay i know that y'all like to do the what and he just waited is it is that is that beer any good what <laughs> I said, is that beer any good? What? He he had him. And you know, I always say puppets and bully says the uh what does bully call the sheep. The sheep. Like you, you gotta learn how to use it. And I thought AJ did an unbelievable job of doing it. And he did, and I love how he said, like, when they started the what chance, when, when AJ said, you know, that's why nobody likes to come to New York. Like, I mean, that was perfectly played, playing the heel role, but also playing the crowd against each other. I thought that was fantastic. And you know what? A little bit of a, a non-PG opening segment on Monday Night Raw with the asshole. And they didn't even edit it out. They didn't beep it out. They didn't mute it out. I, I kind of like the way that that word was used. Not that you can use profanity all the time, but I thought that was perfectly used by both Stone Cold Steve Austin and then AJ throwing that asshole word right back at Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, AJ did not back down from Stone Cold. Not at all. And, you know, and, and again, this is not a knock on Seth and Braun Strowman, but you could see the gap between... Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. I mean, and, and Seth Rollins and and Stone Cold Steve Austin. You could feel and see that gap. 
Not the same scenario with AJ and Stone Cold. Well, and, and you gotta you gotta be able to analyze what it is Steve Austin is. You're not gonna go in the ring, and you're gonna match tough guy with Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. That's like having Chuck Norris in the room and talking about how tough you are. Not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. So you gotta be able to say, you know what? I'm not gonna go that route. I'm not gonna be tough guy with Steve Austin. I'm going to be glib. I'm going to play around and skirt like, I'm not afraid of you. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, let me rephrase that. I'm not, not that I'm not afraid of you. I'm not scared of you. Excuse me. Wait a minute. Not, I'm not scared or I'm not frightened. You, you know what I'm talking about? Like you got to skate with Steve. You can't match tough guy with Steve. Can't do it. People are going to look at you like he's going to stun you. Like that that's it, it it won't work. You got to assume a role. And AJ recognized that. And and that just explains why he is who he is is because he understands. And I said this, I actually tweeted it a couple of times last night and you just said it about being a fan and being caught up in that environment and being caught up in the whole mystique of Raw being back at Madison Square Garden. And I actually tweeted out, enjoy this. There were so many segments on that show last night where as a fan, I'm just like, you know, I just want to sit back and enjoy it. Not only the opening segment, not only the main event, we're going to get into the tag match, as you mentioned earlier, with the women that could have easily stole the show. There was a lot of segments last night where I was just a fan enjoying Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I mean, it, it was hard not to because you could tell everybody was working so hard. Um, and not just the matches. Um, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about Roman Reigns being yeah, there. Yeah, we will. Like, I mean, it's just it's so many elements to the show. Uh, they did, like, game show type thing, you know, during the commercial breaks with the kids. I was just blown away. Well, I, I'm interested. You mentioned about with that crowd, and I was watching on TV. What would you? How would you gauge that crowd? Was it a little bit of everybody? Were there kids? Were there adults? Like, well, how would you gauge that crowd from last night? It was a pretty diverse crowd. It was a lot of kids. You remember? I remember going to the garden, and it being a lot of guys around the ring, and then you'll see the families and kids, and then you see like the rest of the hardcore fan base. Last night it was an amalgamation of different people. There was nothing that was remotely kids. There was no area that was all guys. You know, it, it was mixed up. It was everybody. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Dave, I, I'm I'm sitting here thinking about last night and at least two conversations that I had uh, with people that talked about the garden. We were talking about the garden earlier. And Baron Corbin was one of those people. Mm-hmm. And he was saying how, wow, I can't believe that, you know, I've done house shows here at the garden. He's like, but I, I've never done a TV. And then there were guys that I talked to, like uh, the Street Profits. They had never been in the garden before. 
and and just walking around and talking to people and hearing the stories and what they felt about the garden last night, uh, it was very telling. And we said yesterday on the show that the the history has to kind of be taught about the garden and about the certain select arenas that we really, really hold true and dear to close to our hearts. Uh, the message has been relayed. And you could tell even by looking at social media because Corey Graves tweeted about that he had never performed at Madison Square Garden before. You know, his his wrestling career was cut short, and now he does a tremendous job doing commentating for Raw or SmackDown. Well, Raw and SmackDown has not been at the Garden for over a decade. So last night was the first time that he actually was able to do his craft at Madison Square Garden. And you could tell from his tweets that that was something special for him. Yeah, and and, and it justifiably so. Even calling a match. Yeah, of course. You know, like you, you can't – how many people can say, hey, man, I stood at the microphone and I did like Gorilla Monsoon. That I was – I was like a Jim Ross – I was like a Jerry Lawler. All the guys that, you know, have, have called Bobby Heenan that have called the matches. Like, we, we talked about that on the show yesterday, yep. how iconic it was to hear the voices of Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. Like, it, it, was, it, was, it was one of those things that make you want to watch wrestling and, and I'm be sure, a fan. And I'm sure, like, like a Jim Ross who's the best. I'm sure if you talk to him about the first time he actually had to do a call at Madison Square Garden, I'm sure he knew how important that moment was. And we have in the studio, as we're doing the show today, we have the 2008 Royal Rumble from Madison Square Garden. And one of the first matches on that pay-per-view was MVP, who we know about his love and passion for pro wrestling, against the greatest of all time, Ric Flair. At the Garden. So imagine being MVP. You're wrestling the greatest of all time, Ric Flair, at Madison Square Garden. Well, funny story about that is he was in the car riding with me. And MVP, he sat there in the car. He was driving. (laughs) And he hadn't put the key in the ignition. He was just sitting there. And I was like, you all right? He was like, yeah, man. He said, "I I could die right now. I said, what are you talking about? You know, very morbid. And uh, he said, I could die right now, man. I just wrestled Ric Flair in the garden. He said, I, I I don't know if it can get better than that. And it wasn't about winning. It wasn't about losing the championships. It was the fact that he got to perform in Madison Square Garden with a Mount Rushmore guy one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. People can't just say that. No. I never wrestled Ric Flair in the Garden. Undertaker, Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle. I did get a chance to wrestle John Cena in the Garden. But... Those those top top tier guys, the name is on the bill. And it means something. Yep. And MVP realized what he had done and he had to sit there and reflect 
on what just happened. And I just sat there with him, not saying nothing, just taking it in. And I'm I'm honored to be able to have that moment with my brother. And you know what? Good on him. Because we hear so many times from athletes, Mark, how they don't experience the moment or cherish the moment or understand the Smell significance. The roses. Yeah. Because they until they retire and then it's ten years after the fact and they're like, Oh my God, you know, I, I played in a Super Bowl or I was, you know, in a championship match or I was in the garden wrestling Ric Flair. The fact that MVP was able to understand the significance of that in the moment, like you say, smell the roses. Man, I mean, I wish everybody can have that type of an experience where they understand the significance in the moment. It's so good to hear that MVP was able to do that. Yeah, and, you know, I think about it now. There there were times where I got a chance to do it. And, you know, I, I had a championship match with Chris Benoit where I got hurt and couldn't go to WrestleMania and face him. And he came to the locker room afterwards, and he said, hey, man, is it a good time? And I was, like, kind of down. I was like, yeah. And I said, man, it's over. I think I'm done. And he was like, I'll be damned if you're done. He said, you get well, and we're going to do this again when you're healed up. And we sat there and talked probably for about 15, 20 minutes long after the show was over. We were the main event. And I knew right then that I was going to come back, and I was going to come back better than I had ever come back. Uh, one, because I was, you know, motivated after talking to him. But I realized that I wasn't in it by myself. And sometimes you need that. You know, you need to be around people that's been there, done that, and have had those pains and the anguish of not being able to get the job done. And it was really, really good to have that moment. And I can only imagine how it was for MVP to sit there and talk to Ric Flair after the match. Like, that had to be an emotional moment. And I bet, Mark, it was emotional for Ric Flair because don't forget, 2008 Royal Rumble, that's just before his final match against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. So I'm wondering when Ric Flair left that ring that night that he was probably saying to himself, this is the last time I'm ever going to wrestle at Madison Square Garden. Wow. Another perspective. Never thought of it. Like, that. That's that's unbelievable. Yeah, again, the significance of MSG. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. Sirius XM, no car required. His Royal Highness, the King! Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Flair! <laughs> Woo! Woo! Good morning, guys. <laughs> Good morning, sir. Good How morning. Are you? That, so, 
Mark, what, what, you took Bubba's job? (laughs) (laughs) He's going to love that. What do they do, bring in every day a Learjet from... uh, from Austin? Well, you know, when you when you, when you got it, you know how it is. I do. I do. You, you've, got the, you've, you've got that, that, that capital put away in a bank somewhere. I'm sure you're capable of it. Well, I, I, I didn't buy Ferraris and Testarossas. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> how are you doing this morning, sir? I'm great, thank you. Very good. Very good. Anytime I... Uh, been here for you and Dave, but Dave, I didn't know you'd been sick. I'm glad to hear better. Uh, thank you so much. Now, I'm feeling a lot better, especially I'm doing a show with Mark and talking to you. I'm on cloud nine right now. Uh, thanks. Yeah, that, that being sick is overrated. <laughs> I'll say this. Being in the hospital is the absolute worst thing yeah. that you could like being in that hospital bed. And just having to rely. Now, listen, I had a good one. Yeah. Roxanne, my nurse, Roxanne, was absolutely a 10. But uh, other yeah. than that, it was a terrible experience being in the hospital. Yeah, well, I, let me tell you, I, I will tell you, because the nursing, the nurses and everything are, you're so dependent on them. I've been very fortunate uh, in the last, what, every trip I've had. In the last two years, I have you know, nothing but the greatest nurses and uh, medical attention in the world. And I know that you know people say, "Well, you get that because of you know whoever I am in this fictitious world that I live in." But uh, overall, I mean, I just I can't praise. I was in the Gwinnett Medical Center, and the people there just treated me great. It was fabulous, and it makes a big difference. Let me tell you. Because, uh, you know, they, that could be a miserable experience or it could be something that, you know, is difficult for you, but it can be so much nicer if the people that you depend on are nice to you as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm totally on board with that statement. Well, you sound great, and we wanted to get oh, you. I feel great. Yeah, you, you could Real. tell in her voice because it wasn't that long ago, you know, we had you on with Bully. And, yeah. And you could tell that you were, you know, you're fighting back and you're 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 trying to get back yeah. to be 100%. But, man, talking to you right now, it's like talking to a no, different Dave, person. No, Dave, I'm the best I've been in uh, 10 years, really. Wow. Um, I saw Mark in uh, Tampa and uh, then again at SummerSlam, and I'm uh, – Working out full speed ahead, I can do the 500 free squats again. Um, still got to get my upper body stronger, um, but um, my heart and uh, everything is working good. I'm, I'm on vacation down here at Rosemary Beach, uh, so temptations around every corner. <laughs> <laughs> every every time I turn around, somebody's having a drink. So. <laughs> But um, you know, we have my my wife and I are having friends all week long, so um, um, I'm just looking forward to them all. And now I just have to when I see Jeff Hardy, I just have to just have to be in Jeff. will just have to be calm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick, we last night we 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 were luckily be sitting in the garden and and have a chance another chance to watch the WWE in the garden and. Yep. We, we were watching on the monitor you and MVP in 2008. And I was in the car with MVP after that match. Yeah. And we sat, he, he, he grabbed the steering wheel and he, he put the key in the ignition and he put his hand on, on 
both hands on the wheel, and and he just got real quiet. And I was like, "Man, what's up?" And he was like, "Bro, I I just had a match in Madison Square Garden with Ric Flair." He's like, yeah. "I could die right now, and everything would be fine." And I was like, "Holy cow!" And I I I just sat there with him for about fifteen minutes, not talking just sitting there and a lot of times we don't smell the roses when we yeah. have the opportunity and that was a moment that I had with that brother that uh, I'll never forget and Dave said wow man imagine Ric Flair and then yeah because I mean I'm sure that was the, the 2008 Rumble because that's just a couple of months removed from your last match with Shawn Michaels in Orlando. Yeah. So I'm sure you left the ring that night saying, you know, this is the last time I'm going to be wrestling at Madison Square Garden. So I'm sure even then you started feeling those emotions. Well, I, here's the funny thing, Dave. I, I, um, he will tell you this too. I, the first thing I did, um, is I walked up to him, MVP, and I, who was a great, great, great young man. I said, I apologize because you just were in the ring with a shell of a guy that really struggled with self-confidence, which at that point in my career, I just, you know, here they put me in, in this phenomenal position, and um, and I just wasn't myself. I mean, I, I was so capable if, if if my self confidence were you know came it was never a an health issue I mean I felt like a million dollars it was all mental I just didn't have the self confidence sometimes to be in that position I just felt like I I just had gotten so beaten up at WCW um, you know be, you know being put in positions that I wasn't comfortable with and you guys know the story so. I just I went through that curtain every night um, with Hunter going, man, just remember who you are. But I just, I couldn't pull it off. And I remember two matches, and I promised those guys that I would say something when I retired in my Hall of Fame induction. And that was a Steve Regal who gave me a great match during that little run, too. And then, of course, MVP, because I wasn't myself. And I couldn't give MVP what he deserved. He he was the better man that night all night long and I and I'm the first to admit it. So I wasn't you know, it's as thrilled as I was to be in the garden. Um I think Mark and both you guys will understand this and I, I said it on Steve Austin's podcast. I don't think I was ever a big star in the garden. You know, my my garden was in my heyday was Saint Louis which was the home of the NWA. Does that make sense? And yeah. I, yeah. Like they're, they were celebrating this thing yesterday, 29 years with the company, but I never got to the company until I was 41 years old in 1991. So, you know, I mean, I think I still performed at a very high level, but, you know, I mean, and I obviously had so many great opportunities. When one of be with one of Mark and our best friend, uh, Undertaker really turned my life around at WrestleMania 18 in Toronto because, man, you talk about struggling with self-confidence and Taker had picked me to work with and um, 
you know, there was a huge crowd. Toronto was always phenomenal. The Rock and Hulk and a number of great matches. And and Mark and I, Mark was so positive, you know, come on, Nathan, to go down. I missed the flip, Mark, you remember. And yeah. he Mark backed me in the corner and said, come on, I think that <laughs> you got to make it over the rope this one, kid. <laughs> so I made it over the rope and he kicked me off the apron and I, then I did what I do best. I could get that little blood going and <laughs> once the blood was going, I was back. I was ready to go. <laughs> but self-confidence is so much in every aspect of your life. But in sports, I just battled it for so long. I have it a lot, like when I was with Evolution. Those guys put me in a position every night, but it was uh, it was just a struggle. Not, You know, having fun and all that was never a struggle. It was just like I just didn't have it. And I'm thankful for those years in that moment. But MVP, make no mistake, just like Sean, carried me that night. Sean carried me at WrestleMania and... Uh, and I, I got no problem saying that. I mean, Sean worked. Uh, he worked for both of us. And I mean, physically, I can I could pull it off. But you know, I used to go out there like in the '80s. I didn't even think about. It. I mean, I didn't go to bed first of all. <laughs> I never slept, and I just you know was at my at, at my best, just not thinking about it. I knew that I was really good. And I knew that I was going to have a good match, and I knew that I had to go out there every night and follow the Road Warriors and Sting and Luger or, or Dusty and, uh, uh, and, and uh, you know, paint it up with the Warriors against the four horsemen, and it would be me and Sting or me and Luger or Dusty and I or Nikita or Magnum in the main event trying to follow all these great matches. And uh, I didn't even think twice about it. You know, they kind of, now that you're yeah. saying it, it reminds me of the Great American Bash Tour back in 86, yeah. where every night you were defending that NWA championship against a different ta- challenger. So one night it might every be night, Ricky. I know, and it, it, and it was the last match, and uh, I used to t- tell Hulk, I don't know what the hell the deal is, what, but you get to go on fourth and head back for room service. I missed something in negotiations here. <laughs> Not to mention the fact I had to go an hour. Well, the common denominator, Rick, was you were on last, and yeah. you followed those guys. But the reason that you were on last is because those guys couldn't follow you. And well, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna say that. I just well, I did. I'll say, I'll say it too. Shit, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go no, after no, you. I, you know, I, I tell you something. There have been a lot of factions, but the four horsemen thing. I mean. You know, it's very flattering to see the girls now with the four horsewomen and all that. But um, when, uh, you know, you think about it, it's Barry, Wyndham, Arn, Tully, uh, myself, all four guys that could really perform at a high level and four guys that could talk. And make no mistake, I think you know this, Mark, and Dave, I'm sure you've put thought of it. When Barry Wyndham was healthy without before his knee injuries started uh, Barry Wyndham was Ricky Steamboat, only he was six foot five and 260 pounds. Barry Wyndham was a working machine. I mean, make no mistake about it. So, um, just, um, 
I'm just thankful for all of that. But anyway, getting back to MVP and that story, I just I was thinking just the opposite of being on my last shot in the garden. I was thinking I'll let this kid down who's been put in the role of having to put me over, and it should be the other way around. Uh, that, he, he didn't feel that I way. I can well, promise I, you I, he I, didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that he didn't, but, I mean, I – you know, Regal was another night. I mean, everybody, Randy, all those guys, you know, put me over on the way to that retirement. It was one of the greatest stories, probably, and I'm not saying it because I was involved in it. Even Vince, I wrestled Vince in the garden in, in the, in the, where he, he had jumped off the top rope on top of, he went through the table and, you know, with Sean just, you know, 30 minutes, I just, Sean just told me, he literally told me, and I've, told this before, I don't think people believe it. he said, just for once, keep your mouth shut. And and I've never heard anybody talk to me like that, says Harley Race. He said, keep your mouth shut, do what I tell you, and we're going to get through this. Because I was 78,000 people, I was freaking, man. I know, <laughs> you know, once again, Hunter's sitting there, man, just know who you are, okay, and Easier said than done. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I'm and I'm so glad you mentioned Barry. I just want to credit. I want these guys to get the credit they deserve because I wasn't myself. I can tell you a thousand matches or three thousand that I was, but on those particular incidents, they stand out in my mind. Steve Regal, MVP, Sean, of course, carried me. Uh, with Randy and Charlotte, because we were in Charlotte, I felt great, and I was so familiar with, as I was with Sean. But and I, I mean, I could give Randy a good match; his style fit mine perfect. And but I got to give all those guys their due that, um, you know, they, they, you know, they came away probably saying, "Yeah, I got to wrestle Rick Flair." But the truth is, is that I, I was in a position, and they were nice enough to. <laughs> to, to carry me, and I'm I'm the first to admit that. So, um, and I want I don't I want those guys to always know. I've never said it publicly, I don't think, but I want them to always know how much I respect that. And of course, Taker at WrestleMania. I think Mark, you were there, right? I was. I remember that match. Yeah, and you know, and uh, Taker, uh, <laughs> he, he went to pull me up for the power bomb. And I kind of sat down on him because we, we were loud. He wasn't allowed. Nobody was to use that tombstone. And I, <laughs> he said, damn it. And so he just gave me the tombstone, which is actually the way I wanted it to end. But, I mean, so many people have been good to me. And I, I never, I can't give these people enough props, um, you know, for the people that sacrificed. And they may have thought it was a big deal. I just wish I could have had. You know, Mark, I'm sure you know in your career, there's times just wish you could have been better. Um, yeah. We, we all have those moments, all. though, Rick. And and huh? the people that you're talking about, they've had those moments. And oh, you, you paid your dues long before <clears throat> that those mats no, came no, to I, fruition. I'm not discrediting myself, Mark. I promise. I just okay. want them to all know that I appreciate them. And um um, right now, looking at LSU being ranked number four in Texas. Easy. At, uh... Easy. <laughs> Easy, sir. 
It's too soon. You turned, Rick. You turned. <laughs> the dirtiest player in the game. I, I, I call him on the show, Dave. Hey, Mark Henry and I live for football season. Come on. <laughs> and and I, I'm I'm telling I'm telling Dave not to get all upset and riled up. And 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 we have to hit, get him to play calming music, and then you come. You I bring you down, on, Mark. and and Mark, uh, calm down, <laughs> meditate, take a breath. All right, it's only football, Mark. Okay. Yeah, it's only it's football. It's only football. Okay. Hey, All right. And here's I, the here's the real I'm background. South Carolina two and zero. I mean, it's sorry that Texas's you know season's over after. Whoa, week whoa. One. But I was, Jesus, <laughs> take it easy, take it easy, take it this easy. This is it's one game. A, it's only a game. It's only a game. It's only it's a one game. game yeah, guys. it was a great game too. So. Uh, what? What? Didn't they play well though? Other than the the secondary, yeah, I think. Yeah, the, the I think what's cool. Uh, I love where the parents are introducing some of the players now on TV. The, you might I don't know whether you were there live or not, but they had uh, your quarterback's mom introduce them, and then the father later on, and. The interaction, I think that's really cool, and it's really, yeah. you know, that it, it's. I know for myself because with Ashley, I just rode every wave with her from the time she was five years old. I just saw that she was going to be. I didn't know that she'd end up being a wrestler, but I knew she was going to win a gold medal in the Olympics from the day one. <laughs> but she, she she had no choice; she just had to pick the sport. <laughs> I knew how good she was. So also too, if you're um, Texas, maybe once in a while on fourth and goal, kick a field goal. I mean, I'm just, I'm just yeah, it out there. You I, know? Or catch the damn ball. <laughs> or catch the, or catch the ball. That's okay. Uh, it's okay. Just catch the ball. It's early. It is. It's, it's early. If I, you're gonna make a mistake, make it now. LSU to beat Alabama. <laughs> yeah. That that would be good. That would be good. You know, Rick. I'm gonna be with your buddy Herschel Walker next at, in two weeks. All right. Watching Georgia, watching Georgia stomp Notre Dame. <laughs> Did, please call Mark Carano and tell him that today. Oh, I will. I just he, <laughs> he just goes. Uh, he, he he zeroes out on me. He doesn't. You know. He turns off. I think he's got me blocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Rick! I tell you, man, uh, it is always good and an honor to be able to have you on Thank the air you. but it's it's even better to to be able to say man to talk football with you and to talk about your kids yeah. just to be able to talk to you yeah. after everything that's been going on just to be able to yeah. have the opportunity to, to find that you're healthy and happy and, and yeah i mean that's you know the most important when of all when i'm in a uh, in a place i don't i'm not familiar or i don't frequent a lot and my wife bought this place two years ago down here. It's absolutely beautiful, Rosemary Beach in Florida. But every third person I see goes, geez, how you feeling? <laughs> You're still alive? Gosh, we heard <laughs> Yep, guys, <laughs> I've got 10 lives and uh, probably going to have to have 11. <laughs> No, good for you. And and listen, you're keeping yourself out there. I mean, we just saw you on, yeah. on TMZ. How's everything going with, with the man? And obviously, you're always going to be the man. How's everything going with that? Uh, it, it, uh, oh, it's fine. Listen, uh, the, the only thing that I wanted to clarify there was that I have nothing but respect for Becky Lynch. It is not about me and Becky Lynch at all. And It, it didn't uh, come across negatively night. either. Uh, no, I would never. My God, yeah. I've known Becky since she was. I mean, 
I've been I've been there for that whole ride. And they tell this before they got to WrestleMania, they stole the show in Dallas in that three way match that uh, and that where we set that record for attendance and all that. And uh, it was she, Sasha, and, and Ash and, and Charlotte. Um, but um, yeah, and, and like, hey, they stole the show last night. Mark, you were there. Oh yeah, what a tag match, man! I, 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 when when the girls are in the groove and everybody's back. Working, uh, Sasha took some personal time, and but when they get those four girls together, and everybody's clicking, I mean that match last night was as good a tag match as you're ever gonna see. I don't want to follow it. I, I'm telling you, I, and I, I we said this on the show yesterday before um, that I I would not want to follow the, the the women in that on that show that yeah. they should end the show with them, but well, you know, it, with Steve Austin they're, they're on the show. Yeah, if the guys aren't careful, they're going to end up main event WrestleMania again. Yeah, they better somebody better step up soon. Yeah, because Stone Cold ain't wrestling. (laughs) That's true, (laughs) and and there was nothing else on the card that could have could have topped it. No, I mean once what what the the only problem with bringing Steve out there, who will always, in my estimation, be the biggest star in the history of business. The three biggest being. And I said it the other day, you know how TMZ edits are, are, you know, in my estimation, are Hulk, Steve, and uh, and Taker. They're just three names that are going to be synonymous, have drawn huge amounts of money. But when you send Steve out, they're just like they did at the Raw reunion. Man, it's it's just, (laughs) what are you going to do? What are you going to do? He is a a blazing fire and a lot of dry grass. Yeah, he just he's unbelievable. And uh it dude to think that his career ended ten years too early. Yeah. It's just you can only imagine what um He still be working. I look at I, I saw more Steve Austin shirts in the audience last night than I saw the whole rest of the crew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's too much. You know, so, Rick, la- last question from me, and I really appreciate the time. Gee, I didn't know you were on vacation, so we apologize. Please enjoy no, no, your no, vacation. No, no, no. Wendy's not working out. Okay. All right. So, I got and two I, more questions. Now she's back <laughs> walking around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good for you. Um, you, you, you <laughs> all respect, all respect. Um, you mentioned Barry Windham before, and one of my favorite matches that you've ever been in was that match that you had with him in Orlando for Battle of the Belts, too. It's one of the, I think, most underrated matches that a lot of fans didn't get to see. Is yeah. there one match in your career that you put above all others? Oh, gosh, it's, it's hard to say. I mean... That's the favorite uh, kid question, yeah, I, Dave. I, is that, is that, I, I can't... I don't want to pick one because, you know, it's funny, I, I'm... Of course, with the passing of Harley, which was, um, I, I mean, I'm Mark knew him pretty well. Dave, I don't know if you knew him that well, but I mean, what a sweet guy, he, man. Yeah, I mean, but Mark, you know, he was the baddest badass of them all. I, I've heard nobody, nobody, even Haku, you know, would ever say anything to Harley Race. He would, well, he commanded that much respect, number one, but. I mean, I think the match where I won the title from a Starcade was not a great match by any means. Gene Kaniski special referee, which always gets screwed up. Um, but I had great matches with Harley, I thought, and 
you know, then, then you're back to Terry Funk and um, and Steamboat and Sting and all that. I, I think my best matches because of our chemistry well, were against Steamboat. But, you know, then there's Dusty. I mean, guys, so many times with Dusty. And actually, at the end of my career, I had an I quit match with Hunter that I thought was really good in uh, Detroit. One of the one of the premier of, you know, I think it was Survivor Series or something like that. So I don't know. I just I was I'm blessed to have wrestled all those guys. I mean, I thought those couple of matches in Adam Buffalo, Potter, Rick Buddy I- Rogers. I wrestled, I've had them all. So. Rick, I thought those couple of matches that that you and I had in Albany and Buffalo were pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> once again, once again, though, Mark, you would be you'd be shell shocked if I pulled you aside and said, "Mark, hey, man, I'm I'm struggling." But any time I was wrestling you at that period of time of my life, I just struggled with self confidence, and it uh, wasn't because I had any ailments or anything. But you know. Um, you know, it's funny. Even when Edge, I'm in the ladder match with Edge, I told Edge, I said, hey, you can do anything to me you want, but I have no offense. <laughs> so just think of something you've never done and jump on me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I ain't not doing nothing to you. I'm not going to kill you because I don't know how to do this kind of stuff. This this is, but, a, this uh, is one of those teachable moments, Rick. We have a lot yeah. of listeners. And yeah, all for, all, for all the people that's listening, you have a guy that never lacked in confidence but was beat down, was browbeat, was held back, was not used properly, and got emotionally just demolished. And mm-hmm. sometimes you forget who you are, that you allow— well, not by not by WWE. Right, I, right. I, I, this is the, you know, prior to that coming back. And I'm so. so glad that you are able to, you were able to bounce back from that. So that tells everybody that's listening that's in that situation, there's hope that you can bounce back, that you oh, can yeah, find, you can find yourself. It, yeah, it's just wrestling because it's so physical and, 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 and your, your opponent's so different than, then, you know, lining up in an offensive formation for a football game, you've got to be there and be there on time and, you know, know exactly where you are and you've got to be safe and you've got to be aware of taking care of your opponent as they take care of you. And, I mean, you know, I don't, we don't hear it much anymore, but wrestling is, it, 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 you, it, you can say that it's choreographed in some way, but it's still the most dangerous sport there is. Yeah. And I, we have guys that are hurt every day because they've raised the bar so high on what they're expected uh, to do in the ring. And the thing that's really cool is that the girls are right there on top of the bar. There's not enough. I mean, they, they hold the back. They hold the girls back from doing what they wanted. There's nothing those girls wouldn't do that they, that if they were asked to do it, so yeah, you got to protect them from themselves sometimes. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. They, you know, I know that my daughter is ready to, you know, she wants to jump off the top of a cage like Jimmy Snooker. I mean, I go, <laughs> <laughs> sweetheart, please do don't. Man, thing. On, <laughs> what? You have to say, sweetheart, please don't. Yeah. Well, I have. I have no saying that. 
<laughs> she is definitely a boss. Yeah, just... yeah, yeah you, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Mark, you go and try and talk. I'm not going to tell her nothing. I don't want to get browbeat. Yeah, you, you see her today. <laughs> try and tell her to ease up. Yeah, I, I, I'll try that and see how that works out for me. Well, I'll tell you, that's why she's the best. I mean, she, it's because of that attitude that she's the best right now. Yeah, listen, she never is satisfied. She can have the greatest match in the world, and I'll get three texts or if I happen to be there. What do you think? Did I do? Did I? Did I, I mean, was I on? I mean, she, which is makes her who she is. She wants. She never. Uh, she wants to learn. I mean, she wants to push. She wants to be um, the best either way. And uh, like last night, like I said, I, I watched those girls and I'm going, Jesus, this is as close as they're going to get uh, to last year. I mean, and they're coming. I don't mean, I mean, they're right back where they were last year is what I meant. You know, they had that lapse because of Ronda leaving, Sasha taking some time off, and then trying to realign, you know, at WrestleMania, it's sometimes hard to come out of uh, with a bunch of stuff that the kids, everybody wants to see. And it took them a while to get everybody back in route, but now they're, they're uh, as Dusty would say, they're cooking and smoking, man. <laughs> so, um, I mean, they're on fire. So, to me, it's like serving notice. I would be out of my mind. If I thought that uh, I had some girls that they were talking about women instead of me in my time frame, that would have been unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a di it's a different era, man. I mean, we, women 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 were discussion after the matches were over. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, man, you are the best. Thank you so much for the time. Enjoy your oh, vacation. No. I want, Mark Henry's no different than me. No. No, and, and, and Rick, sometimes Mark and I in the studio together, it's like we're it's freshman year in high school with some of the stuff that comes out of our mouth. Oh, so. trust me. I've been out with Mark Henry. <laughs> he may have some of your fools. <laughs> I, I, hey, I, I've, I've, I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble in my life forever for Nation. You know, when, when you when you have a term in the dictionary named after you called Nation. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. That means that you were you were superior to everybody else that ever screwed yeah, off a I, bunch I, of money like you are, you you yeah, were hey I, i'm proud to say that you were my example but i also <laughs> have blamed you for some of my some of my life problems hey man i'm the hey, one that hey. the reason i got divorced twice is because i'm trying to catch up to rick yeah i know well rick rick and rick and found one right now thank god I actually married one that's got a lot of money for <laughs> two doesn't want anything from me number three and has me on a short leash. I mean, number three has me on a short leash. So um, I'm really happy. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with nature. It just is an economic. Yeah, it is. There's a lot wrong with nature. <laughs> the nature every day. And the government came after me for nature. Uh, that's all right. But you <laughs> yeah, have a life. You have so many stories hey, and memories. Mark. So. Yeah, Mark, you're not alone. You're not alone, <laughs> brother. My life is a, is is a, is a living hell because of my nature. <laughs> yeah. I, I, hey, I'll call you off the air and talk about it. I need counsel. All right, kid. All right, Rick. Thank you thank so you, much. Man. Thank, thank you, man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, guys. Take uh, care. Bye, bye.
Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Somebody whose career is just starting and shining, and that is somebody who got the victory on AJ Styles early on the show via DQ, but still a victory, and then getting the pinfall Last night in the main event on Monday Night Raw, and I guess it's pretty cool sharing a beer garden. at Madison Square Garden, sharing a adult beverage with a daddy soda, a daddy soda, if you will, with Stone Cold Steve Austin. He joins us now, and that is Cedric Alexander. Cedric, how are you today? I'm great, man. How are you? How, how do you feel after all those daddy sodas? Right. <laughs> uh, I haven't had a beer like that in a long time, so uh, my stomach's a little weird, but uh, I don't regret it. Nor should you. I mean, what Mark said is so right. To do that with Stone Cold after the main event where you got the victory at Madison Square Garden, can't get much better than that, huh? No, it, it does not. Like I Close behind that, oh, I don't want to say behind that, but the only thing in front of that right now is probably my wedding and... Uh, the birth of my daughter. <laughs> That's it. Did, did you uh, did you take a time uh, at some point last night? Got quiet, nobody's around, and just look in the mirror or just sit by yourself and go, "Wow, I I, I had a moment." And... Numerous times. Oh, oh my god, numerous times. After that night, just sitting in my hotel room, just going, "Wow, this is my life." <laughs> what a life, man! It wow, I I. I it it sounds cliche to say like dreams come true, but like that's that's exactly what that was last night. It was literally a dream that someone ripped out of my head and said, "All right, we're putting this on Raw." Wow, that that's special, man, and and to be able to share that uh, with the nation and with the fans of uh, sports entertainment and pro wrestling around the world, uh, everybody that's an actual fan of pro wrestling right now says Cedric is moving on like what how does it feel to know that your trajectory towards greatness is is here and what is that leading toward for you like where do you think that this uh this streak is going you know honestly Mark it, it, it it's scary uh it's it's one of the things that I thought never would happen, but now that it is, it's almost unbelievable. But you know what I mean? Uh, to the point where I, I <laughs> words, I, I, I try to describe how I feel about, about, about this, about being, you know, closer and closer to the top of WWE and uh, <clears throat> things like Madison Square Garden and sharing a being with Stone Cold and getting a win over Adrian Styles. It's, it's, it's almost, like sensory overload, you know what I mean? Like everything's happening so fast. Yeah. And to me, it just it it just means that all the hard work that I've done for the last ten years doesn't go in vain. You are, know? are you having any anxiety when you approach the arena about living up to the standard of greatness? Because now you're you're starting to get to the point to where when you when you get to the arena, you already know that uh, you're going to be in a top match and. Mm-hmm. Who who are you gonna follow, and uh, what is your role on the show? Like that that was the thing that at the end of my career started to get to be too much for me because my body was not able to hold up, and I was in so much pain 
And I'm still in pain, but I was in so much pain that when I got and I saw my name at the top and I was like, I don't know if I could do it, but you're, you're a young guy. So you're, you're still, I'm sure you're not having any anxiety about the pain, but, and being able to perform, but do you have any anxiety about being at the top yet? Oh, of course, of course, of course. I, I, I freak out every day from Monday, not knowing what's going to happen and thinking, okay, are they going to put me in a, in a more prominent spot? And if they do, how do I hold up? And, uh, you know, honestly, when guys like, like you and Paul Heyman and, and, uh, you know, Booker T all come up to me and tell me how much they enjoy my work and give me feedback on what to do better and how to improve myself. It's, 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 it's honestly just scary to me because you were, cause like you guys are like the people that I've watched my entire life. So to know that you actually watch my work and you have feedback for me, it's, it's, it's overwhelming to know that your heroes are not only admirers of your work, but actually want to help you get better. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, of course I have anxiety all the time about coming into the arena and, wonder what I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and, you know, this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, you know, I, after calling my wife like four or five times before, before the match even happened, I had to, you know, get it in my head. Like there's a reason I'm, I'm in this spot. There's a reason yeah. I'm here. Like, well, it's not I, a food, I'm, right? I'm going to continue to uh, talk to you and there's some stuff that I want to tell you off the air, but I want to tell you on the air that you are doing a hell of a job. And I, I look forward to seeing more of what you're going to do. But I also want to let you know that when you compete at the level that you're competing at right now, expect more. Right. Because it's coming. And uh, you just have to be ready for it. And I, I think that you are. Thank you. I appreciate that, Mark. Thank you very much. And also, too, like, you know, obviously a lot of people are seeing you for the first time watching Monday Night Raw. But, you know, you've been wrestling now for 10 years, as you said, and and starting off in Ring of Honor and, and predominantly the first few years of your career being a tag team wrestler. I mean, what has the transition been like for you? And, and talk about this road that you've taken the last decade. Um, for me, it's, 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 it's been a, uh, a long road of growth. Um, not only as a performer, but as but as a but as a man, as a father, and all that, and you know, and all that, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, at one point in my career, I I really wanted to just give up and just hang it because I wasn't getting anywhere. I felt like, you know, I wasn't getting myself in good shape. I I I didn't feel dedicated. But it wasn't until my daughter was born that I that I, that I thought to myself, if I give up what example am I setting for my daughter? You know what I mean? Because you always tell your kids, don't give up, you know, succeed at your dreams and, you know, be the best you can be. And now that I had someone to actually tell that to, I was like, I, I, I can't just give up. The, the, I can't just hang it up and say, all right, you know, this isn't for me. I was like, it, this is something I've loved since day one, you know, and, and beyond. So it to me, it was... It was more than just succeeding in a career that I loved. It was setting an example for uh, my daughter and future generations that 
no matter how bad things seem or how tough it, it can be, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. There's always something that, at for, for you at the end of it, no matter how hard you work, there's always something for you. You know, I, I think about that too. I, I think that I, I got extremely better once my, my, my son was born. Uh, the focus on details and, and making a success out of yourself so you can provide uh, plays a, a pivotal role in that. But also, like, you start thinking about the severity of what it is you're doing. And you, maybe maybe you thought that uh, when you said you wanted to put it down, you were thinking, you know what, maybe I'm, I'm just doing this because it feels good and I like to do it and it's, you know, it's, it's beneficial to my ego, but maybe it's not what I need to do for the bottom line. And, um, you know, what, what, what else was there what, what, that you were going to transition from? Were, were you going to, uh, I don't know if you're a computer guy or you're a sociology guy. Like, what 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 is it that you were going to transition to? So uh, I was really big into amateur wrestling when I was in college and uh, high school. So I had it in my head that I could just, you know, coach college, uh, not college. I'm sorry, uh, like just coach high school um, uh, wrestling. So and like that was as far as I started through because I was honestly wrestling was. My, my be all end all. I had all my chips in that hat, and that was that, that was it for me. So when I was thinking, hey, what am I gonna do next? I I honestly didn't have a lot of options because I put so much into wrestling, and that was a part of me deciding like, no, I have to make this work. I have to do something. I can't just give up and say, okay, this is it for me. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's it, it it was it was more than just an ego thing. It was more than just um trying to provide for my family it was it was proving a point you know what i mean it it, it was one of those things like i i just i know i gotta repeat myself a little bit but it, it was it was it was in my head like i just can't stop i can't stop you know because for me personally being a father means a whole lot more to me than just the average person because i never had my father growing up i didn't meet my father till i was 14 and i haven't talked to him probably since i was 18 so the fact that I am that influencer in my daughter's life is it's it means a whole lot to me and I don't take that for granted at all. Wow. It, 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 it it's one of the things like it sorry I'm, I'm I'm getting kind of emotional just thinking about it but it's one of the things it's like man it I can't you know what I mean I need I need to make this work. Not just for me for, for her but for also to you know just prove that I'm worth something beyond just, you know, making a baby. <laughs> well, I mean, Cedric, we're all fathers here, so we all know what that's like. When, once you see that baby for the first time, your life completely changed. And I know that sounds cliche, but you know that. Like, once yeah. you hold that baby in your arms for the first time, you know, and you're and you're fine with it, that your life is now completely changed. And you, and you stop thinking of just yourself. You now have another mm -hmm. person that you have to think about all the time. Hundred, it, it, it's it's something that that stays in my brain every single day, and at, I can't wait to come home and just like just hug her and just like look what Daddy did, and you know the fact that she even likes to watch me wrestle, it's man, I I just I just, I, I can't stop smiling when I think about it. <laughs> you know what? I have videos in my phone of Jacob when he was like one and two watching me 
wrestle on television. And then he would look at the TV, and then he would turn and look at me. <laughs> and then he would look at the TV, and I know in his head he was like, wait a minute. How can he be in two places at one time? <laughs> and I'm telling you, like, the, the, the whole joy of, of watching your kids and, and understand, like, a lot of people, we, we talk about it on the air all the time. Like, when you're on the road, you're missing your, your family, and your mm-hmm. family is missing you. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you kind of, sometimes you take it for granted that, you know, uh, they, they're, they're all right. But you have to have confirmation. So you go home and you feel, uh, you you definitely feel at home when you get there because it's not that the place is the fact that the people in your life are at that place. Yes, hundred percent. Yes, sir. And let me tell you something, Cedric. It doesn't get easier because my daughter's now sixteen, and believe me, it doesn't get any easier. <laughs> that that is my number one fear when she starts getting older and. Starts getting into boys and makeup and stuff. I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know what I'm gonna do. You'll you'll get through it, but you're gonna need a little help. Believe me. <laughs> I've been told numerous times to invest in a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and listen, you guys are gonna completely make fun of me, but like Cedric mentioned, you know, amateur wrestling and getting into amateur wrestling, and he has the amateur wrestling background. I remember when I was a kid, I signed up for wrestling. And I was mm-hmm. a big, I, and Cedric, like you, you know, I've been watching pro wrestling forever. I was a big pro wrestling fan. When I signed up for wrestling, I thought it was like pro wrestling. <laughs> like, I, I, I went to the gymnasium after school, and there's just mats on the crowd. And I'm like, wait a second. Wait a minute. Where are the ropes? <laughs> Wait a minute! You never we, told me the, this. Oh my god! It was embar- It was I. It was embarrassing. Because <laughs> I, I, I didn't even just think it. I said it. This? No, I didn't even just think it. I said it out loud. Like I said it out loud. Like I thought like there was another room that was gonna have that <laughs> stuff. I, it's embarrassing. No, 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 no. Honestly, I was in the exact same spot when I joined the wrestling team in high school. I talked to my coach. I was like, wait a minute, where's the ring? Where's the ropes? He goes, look, this isn't the same thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you give me a month. If you love it, cool, keep doing it. If not, whatever. And I was like, all right, cool, I'll do that. And turns out I, I loved every second of it. But, no, I was in the exact same spot. I thought there was going to be ropes, big entrance lights, <laughs> all that stuff. And then I walk in, it's like there's two mats on the floor. I'm like, what the hell is this? This isn't wrestling. Oh my god, y'all are too much. This y'all just don't know how much y'all just made my day. Oh no, I'm gonna get killed on social media. I know hey, that for a fact. Man, it's okay, I, man. I, I it's can like... see it now. Dave LaGreca walking into the room with chaps on and boots and. Paint. I didn't walk into. The, I didn't walk into the gymnasium with, with paint on his on. face. But I was kind of walking up to the gymnasium, thinking like, "All right, what can my name be?" <laughs> <laughs> I'll take this step further. That was a time, actually, my first match. I actually got on the mat, like, fully taped up, like, wrist tape, elbow tape. <laughs> Bro, oh, my God. That's and awesome. The ref, the ref for the match looked at me and goes, what's that? He goes, oh. I goes, just tape. He's like, well, he goes, what's it for? Oh, nothing. He goes, Take that off. <laughs> my first match, he made me go back, take all the tape off, and come back and wrestle. Thankfully, I won. 
But that was probably one of the most embarrassing moments in wrestling. <laughs> who who were who did you idolize when you were growing up? What wrestlers did you love? Oh God, AJ Styles was one of them. Number one. Uh, uh, I I looked up to Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Rob Van Dam. I was a big fan of like any like big flashy high flyers. Any any guys with you know a bunch of you know uh, good. No, I would say good and bland, but uh, you know. Uh, pop and you know just you know they had that the high flying high intensity high impact style i was a big fan of chris ben Y as a kid growing up you know what i mean it, it's it's man i was always a fan of just well, usually the i guess you could say the smaller uh more athletic guys you know i was always a fan of uh stone cold and rocket of course you mark but uh it i always ca- kind of gravitated more towards more you know athletic you know Cruiserweighty type guy. Yeah, you isn't it a cool thing though? Like you said, for AJ Styles, like to to be able to meet them and see how they are, as opposed to what you thought they were. Oh yeah! Oh my God! It it's it blows my mind sometimes to realize like the people on TV are totally not anything like what they are in real life, and then sometimes they are the same. Like AJ, to me, just seems like you know. I guess the the soccer dad. <laughs> yeah. You you hear him talk and you go, oh wow, this guy's a country music guy, but he what? is a complete hip hop, old school and uh, gospel hip hop. Yeah, and then he he uh, b- bust out some. Uh, can't remember who it was. I, not uh, man. I can't remember who he uh, popped out. I want to say it was. Oh God, I, I'm drawing a blank right now. But that's 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 AJ. He's he's a different yeah. cat. Like yeah, you, it, you don't you don't what you what you think is not what is, and uh, like real family oriented, like you know, just yeah. down to earth and uh, gets in the ring and turns into a completely different human being. It's unbelievable. A hundred percent. And actually, uh, fun fact, uh, I. I first met AJ back in 2014, and I was dating my wife at the time. And AJ was the one who, like, looked at her, talked to her, and was like, you got to marry that girl one day. And I said, you know what? I think I will. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, honestly, God, truth. Honestly, God, truth. That's a pretty cool story. How does it feel? Like, you talk about, you know, you grew up loving AJ Styles, then you had the obviously the opportunity last night to wrestle him at Madison Square Garden, you know, on Monday Night Raw. How does it feel for you now after this journey, ten years of doing this, now you're somebody that's on WWE TV and there's fans now that idolize you. How how do you feel about that? Man, I honestly I don't know how to handle it. I, I it's 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 a first for me to really like sit back and look and realize that I am a model for people now, you know, these days, like AJ was a model for me. Chris Hero was a model for me. You know, all those, all those guys were, you know, guys I looked up to and modeled myself after. And now like to realize I'm kind of in that same, or I'm becoming that same mold. It's, it's humbling too. It like, uh, it's crazy to think that I would have a career that somewhat resembles my heroes and I honestly I it's really hard to put into words how to describe how that feels it's 
it's unimaginable. You know what I mean? Like, like, could you really imagine being on the same level or, sorry, uh, I don't want to say same level, but maybe approaching the same level as your heroes? Like that same light of being a role model for people and people sending you messages and emails saying how much you inspire them to, you, you know, do this, that, and the other. And how, you know, seeing one match was like, man, that brought me out of this funk of being depressed and blah, blah, blah. Like that's, that's something that when I hear it, it's like, oh, okay, whatever. But when you sit and think about it, go, wow, that's, that's profound that I have that kind of effect on people at all. And also, people, there's there, there's like kids now. You know, kids are in school right now. But when skid, you know, school gets out, you know, at two thirty, three o'clock, they run mm-hmm. home to their bedroom, they put on their video game, and they become Cedric Alexander in a video. Like you're in a video <laughs> game for crying out loud. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, really quick, last thing for wow. me, and thank you so much for the time, especially after what you were able to do last night. Uh, George South, somebody who trained you, you went to his school. What was that like working with George South early on and, and kind of learning the ropes from somebody like George South? George South is the father I never had. Um, he's taught me so much from being in the ring, out of the ring, being a father, being a husband. Eight, George South is, is probably the greatest trainer I've the Sorry, not the greatest friend, but the greatest man I've ever met in my entire life. Wow. He, he, he's, he's taught me so much. Like, there's – I love him like I, love, like I should love my father. You know what I mean? That's the, 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 the best way I can describe my relationship with George. Is he's, he's just the best, man. He's the best. Well, Cedric, this has been definitely an eye-opening interview. We really appreciate the time, and, and thank you. I, I mean, it's really getting to know you as a man, and – I really appreciate these last 20 minutes. Thanks so much. No, thank you for having me on. Man, I, I appreciate you coming on, man. I know that you uh just getting to to Florida and getting home. Uh, enjoy your family and uh, keep being the dad that you didn't have because I'm the same guy. And, you know, you got to create that new uh, landscape for your future family. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that very much. Keep up the good work, man. Yes, sir. I will. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.